Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. My mic was tampered with. Oh, are we going? <laughs> That's a good way to start. My the, mic a good way to start the podcast. With. <laughs> uh, good morning, everybody. Good morning. What we happened? came in. Mine was thrown. Mine was like thrown over here. Not thrown. Okay, but it was like hanging off the side, and yours was all like perfect, like it should be. Huh? I was like, who? Maybe maybe somebody's trying to tell you. Who something. slept in my bed? <laughs> yeah. That's what I walked in thinking. Right. So, yeah. Uh, cool. Don's on this morning. We haven't seen Don Hi, for Don. a while. So, well, there's a hurricane I think going on. Is that correct? Don? There, there is. Hopefully not, not where Don's at. Ian or Ian the Terrible, I think they're yeah. calling it. So, Ian. Ian the Terrible sounds better than Ian the Terrible. Not that right. we, not, but is Ian, Ian I don't name? know. Ian I just sounds said, nerdy. I've only read it. I haven't heard it uh, spoken, but it yeah. sounds bad. Fort, Fort so, Myers, sorry. Florida. Yeah, is where it is. I saw some videos yesterday. Yes, like houses floating away, and <laughs> no, it looks like it's rolling like straight up. Yeah the coast saw a guy so. jet skiing in the ocean like with the gnarly waves like a pretty brave soul yeah to do that yeah, i saw the a guy trying around. to stand up uh, yeah. outside the reporter and this time there was one there's footage of an old uh, a storm where this guy's per- he's pretending like he can't stand up and then oh, it yeah. shows two guys walking behind him like <laughs> they're just that. strolling in the park <laughs> and they just kind of come into the picture yeah and they're not even phased by I the wind and he's standing there trying to brace himself but the yeah. one i saw yesterday this dude was uh, like a tree hit him yeah at one point <laughs> he was standing there could not stand up it was legit this That's time awesome. yeah just it, about blew away yeah pretty crazy okay so the locks we had a bunch of locks that we just changed locks, right? Both buildings and none of the push buttons on the inside. It's and the door handles on the inside because the ADA, yeah. they have to be ADA compliant. Yeah. Well, yes. these are like ADH compliant or whatever. So like you have to, they're, <laughs> they're basically, I talked to Mike and I'm like, you, these new things you put in, like they're not working. Like no one can get the doors to lock. And he goes, well, you're supposed to, as you push the button in, you got to turn the handle to the right. And I'm thinking, like, that's a riddle or a puzzle <laughs> that, like, none of our people, like, they're going to die if there's a fire or, you know, something well, jumps out of the fine. toilet at them. They, huh? unlo- they unlock fine. They don't lock. So we had people having to put their foot against them on Sunday morning yeah. while they're yeah. doing their business because they couldn't, uh, yeah. they weren't locking. Yeah. So we're going to have to tell Mike that. We, we need a diagram. Those were not on the, the door correct. Is what we need. I, I Well, we can, yeah, I'll show you guys what I did afterwards. But I, I think I got them working here. At this location, so oh, so you can, you can just push the button and then lock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, just push the button. No, yeah, just like you push it and lock. I it. tried pushing the button on those, and mm-hmm. I couldn't get it to. Just yeah, another day push. in the life of a pastor. You know, we preach the Bible and we fix locks. Okay, so you can sabotage so. those to get them to work properly. <laughs> yes. Okay. I believe so. we're going to have to do I'll, that. To uh, when we get done, we can go check. Okay. Um, and if if they're still working, then yes, I fixed them. Well, I wasn't going to go into the women's room, obviously, for well, obvious I did reasons. It. I did on, it yesterday when nobody here. You don't here. do that when no one's here. Well, no, but Sunday, every woman yeah. Yeah, yeah. that came out during church service of the bathroom, yeah. like wanted me to go in right then. <laughs> And, like, take care of it because it was a crisis. I'm, and it's I'm like, sure the ladies nah, appreciate us talking about their bathroom anyway, habits on Sunday. our apologies. We just <laughs> replaced them, and, and uh, yeah, we didn't mean to create havoc. But Joke's on us. Joke's on us. Yeah. yeah. Mike did it. Yeah. <laughs> we can't Mike throw Mike under it. the bus. Mike does so much good stuff. So how's, how's <laughs> life in 2022 without a cell phone? 
it's uh, so I'm in 24 hours now without. So I woke up yesterday morning to my phone dead. Like I typically, you know, put it on the charger for the night. So there was no notice. There was no warning. So it my, wasn't doing anything no, weird. It wasn't doing anything weird. And my like my morning routine is that you know I'll wake up and then I'll we don't I'll we don't want to know about check your my email morning routine. Well, I'm not going to tell you about the whole morning okay. routine, but but the relevant part of the morning routine. Uh, that's germane to the conversation right now. <laughs> germane? Yeah, germane. Jackson? What does that mean? Um, <laughs> it's one of the Jacksons. It's relevant. Uh, huh. <laughs> so, just, just wanted to throw out a word. Anyway. That's my, okay. My normal morning routine is I'll wake up and then I'll check my email and scroll through and kind of figure out what I need to do for the day based on emails. And I went to do that yesterday and my phone wouldn't come on. I thought, oh, that's kind of weird. Maybe it just maybe it didn't charge. I got one of those like lay on chargers, you know, not the plug in kind. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was laying on it funny, and so I plugged it in while I was doing the rest of my morning routine, and came back and it was just dead as a doornail. Tito, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Tito Kay. Jackson. Okay. So anyway, there, there's a whole saga, and I went to the iPhone guy, and the iPhone guy's like, "Ah, oh, your phone's under warranty, so take it to Best Buy because they're authorized." And I went to Best Buy and like, "Well, you need an appointment, so you got to call Apple support." So I called Apple support to get an appointment for later in the afternoon. And Best Buy is like, yeah, you got to send it into Apple. So call them. And I called Apple and I said, we can make you an appointment tomorrow at Best Buy. And I'm like, I just came from Best Buy. Like, It was kind of weird. Hmm. So anyway, I'm going back to the iPhone guy today and just paying for a repair. So we have an iPhone guy local, but yeah, we it's, don't it's have an Apple We don't have Best, store. Best Buy is the authorized Apple repair but agent. They can't, but locally. they can't do it, you said. Well, they think they can't do it, but Apple thinks they can. Oh. And I'm not going to wait for him to figure it out. Yeah, not good. And so Apple was like, well, you could drive to an Apple store in Portland, hmm. which, you know, spend $200 in gas to get my free repair. <laughs> or I just go downtown Bend and have the iPhone guy. So a little plug for the iPhone guy. Yep, yep. Um, that guy will fix it while you wait. Okay. Assuming it can be fixed, that okay. is. So anyway. Wow. I'm going nuts. Oh, I'll bet. Without a phone. That sounds terrible, yeah. It I does. mean, not only that, but like considering like the line of work you're in, like that's kind of everything. Oh, yeah. It's what, yeah, I use my phone for work. And so now yeah. I'm like, at least I've got my iPad so I can get my emails and I can get iMessages. But sure. I don't know who's texting me from Android phones. Um, <laughs> and I don't know who's calling me and not leaving a voicemail. Hmm. Hmm. So that's my last 24 hours. <laughs> well, that just stinks. I know. All right, cool. And what else, Brent? What 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 else were you gonna say, Chan? I was just gonna say sometimes in the co- in the podcast, like there's a need to Google things. I can't even do that. Huh. Wow, you have a computer right in front of you. I know, but so. it's running the podcast. I don't want to mess anything. Okay. Up. Like Jermaine, right? I googled that while you guys were talking <laughs> just now. That reminds me of one of my favorite the the morning routine. Sorry, this is a little crass, but it's kind of funny. I remember JP one time. He really wanted to look, like sit at the feet of Milt, who was uh, just a neat old guy that was a godly man. And he, so one day he asked Milt, he wanted to join him for his morning devotions to kind of learn what Milt did. Yeah. But he said, would it be okay if I joined you for your morning constitution? <laughs> Thinking that that meant the same thing. Not and, the same and, thing. Uh, and Milt was a little concerned about that. <laughs> classic, classic JP right yeah, there. So. Wow. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> we did get some good quotes from JP yeah. in the time that he was here. So, yeah, for sure. Cool. I don't know where to go from here, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm yeah, trying to think of how to segue into our <laughs> yeah, subject. Just, just, and uh, just go. We're not talking about constitutions, so yeah, no, or, or devotions, or or phones, or <laughs> or iPhones. So, what are we talking about, David? Yeah, uh, kind of first world problems. I will here. pray, and then we will we will jump into what we're talking about. <laughs> Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for laughter, lightheartedness, and and then also just things that matter, like what we're going to talk about. We do pray for the people in Florida right now, the hurricane going through, that you would 
uh, just sustain them in, in you. Draw people to yourself, even through something like this uh, that seems natural. Um, we know that you're behind it all. So, yeah, thank you for uh, this day, this time. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 You're tapping again. <sighs> oh, did you notice? Have you watched any of them back? It's way better, dude. Oh, good. It's not. We're, we're talking about the new mics that we have. You can hardly hear that. I think brain. we're three or four okay, episodes good. in. At least three, maybe four episodes into the new mics. Yeah, we're three or four in. And I still sound, I, I actually finally sound quieter than you guys on these mics. So the, the other ones, I was just loud. It's about time. Guys, you know, these, you're, you're the ago. loudest, and then, you, like, both of you are pretty clear and, like, consistent, and then I'm just kind of, like, not. Is it because <laughs> I'm using my radio voice? Yeah, it could be because you know how to project yeah. when you have a microphone in front of you. Um, <laughs> I guess. Like, I think Brent and I are a little closer to the microphones. You're a little ways back. Yeah, okay. Probably with these, be these mics, it, it matters. Like so we have, anyway. we have um, several ministries, outreaches, traditions even, maybe from the last time that, that we have formed, uh, that are actually coming up. One of them's going to, one of them's, uh, we do a truck or treat here in 3R. We'll talk about that later. And then we do a warming center. We actually had our first meeting for warming center staff and volunteers the other night to start to talk about, yep. you know, we're coming into the season. December 1st is when we plan on, uh, starting that. But it, it got me to kind of thinking after that meeting that we probably ought to just have that kind of a conversation that we had last Sunday night yeah. here, because I think there's a lot of people that attend the door call the door of their home that really have no idea what we're doing or why we're doing it, or maybe even have some questions or some issues with what we're doing. Um, just some uncertainty. maybe. Right. So I thought, let's just, let's just talk about it, you know, but to make it Good worthwhile for more people that don't just go to the door, maybe other pastors or people out there that go to other churches, bigger questions that are helpful for people. Like, like why do churches choose the outreaches they do, you know what I mean, um, or don't. And so uh, I thought that would be the, the pertinent conversation. So yeah. my first question to you boys is, is cultural engagement important for the church? And if so, why? And I know that sounds like a stupid question, like, well, of course it's important to the church. But the truth is that this is actually uh, a conversation to be had. In fact, yeah. Jared Wilson was just talking about this this week on on his podcast for the church with another dude, because it's, it, it should be an answer that's universal and it's not. So is cultural engagement important for the church? And if so, why? I think there's a lot of churches out there. Like a lot of people would answer yes to that question, but in reality, they would, in practice, it would be more of a cultural retreat. I think we, we see that a lot. Agreed. Um, you know, Christians and churches kind of living in a bubble, not wanting to be, stained, you know, by what's outside the bubble mm -hmm. uh, or outside the walls of the church. And so in one hand, they might say, yes, it's important, but in practice, it might not be the case. Yeah, I agree. I think of the the, the, the phrase, the verse, uh, in the world, not of the world. Mm -hmm. And I like how you said cultural retreat is I think a lot of people like kind of ignore the in the world right. part and just focus on the not being of the world part, yep. which means retreat. Right. So... I mean, I think just kind of defining a little bit of what, what, what it means, yeah. um, the idea that it, kind of the way we interact and the way we influence the culture around us, um, hopefully for the glory of God and for the good mm -hmm. of man, but um, but this isn't a really important thing for the church to be involved in. Yeah. Um, if we're not, we're probably not effectively fulfilling the Great Commission. So yeah. the, the, it's, it's something that I think churches, like you said, this kind of us for no more, stay inside of our walls thing yeah. is... How do you accomplish what Jesus left us on the earth to accomplish if you're not 
engaging the culture. Exactly. So, yeah. so exactly. cultural withdrawal or detachment is, is a sin. And then the other thing, I think the other extreme that you would see Christians doing is his cultural, uh, participation or, you know, just diving yeah, in, diving in, you know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So acceptance or, yeah. and, and, and neither yeah. of those things is good. There's kind of like a yeah. capitulation to the culture of, yeah. you know, just kind of giving into the cultural norms that, that maybe are not, you know, faithful to scripture. Well, right. it's kind of like that. who's influencing who, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's kind of really w- what the difference is. Like, we're, we are here on earth to to have an impact or an effect on the culture around us, which we can only do if we're engaged in the culture around us. Right. But the other side of it is is it having an effect on the church. Yeah, I would say if yeah. we're going to be salt and light, yeah. then you can't blend into the point where nobody even notices you. Right. And you can't hide away, you know, hide it under a bushel basket. No. Because nobody will see it. And so those <laughs> are the, you know, in order to be salt and light, there has Don't to be... Don't let Satan... Yeah, <laughs> I wonder what that sounds like of all of us blowing into. The I'm mics. watching like, mine. We're just red. like blasting people's ears in the podcast. I just Sorry. clipped it, dude. It went from green to red. Get <laughs> out. And, and I'm sure you're gonna, you know, go there. But like, there's also like effective and ineffective ways to engage the culture because mm-hmm. I think we see churches often or Christians engage culture in ways that like we might think is weird or no. not helpful. You know, I'm sure we'll talk about that. But uh, yeah, actually. Um, yeah, we'll get to it. I was going to say yeah. we can do it now, but we'll definitely get to that. So how, how should the church choose, and I this kind of goes to what we're alluding to, what it culturally engages in? How should we choose, like, okay, this is, this is fair game? How do you determine what our outreach will be, like what's fair game for the church and culture? It's kind of a confusing question, but no, I know, it's, what, it's I know good, what I'm saying. I don't care good if you question. guys do or not. I think one one uh, you know one question to ask is does it matter is mm-hmm. it is it doing is it helping is it is it meeting a need is it actually you know is it something that it is going to benefit because we actually have more freedom than we think we do sometimes right yeah. when it comes to what we choose to right. en- engage in yeah no, I mean not in a bad sinful way of course but but there are a lot of things you could get involved in that probably wouldn't nobody would even notice or care so does it does it have a point does it have a relevance is it going to help somebody out there right. so yeah when sure. i kind of mentioned man you know god's glory and man's good it should yeah. fit into one of those camps i would right. say yeah yeah and i think too like you know i'm just thinking of some of the outreaches that we have that there were just opportunities that presented themselves um that you know we we kind of capitalized on an oppor- opportunities um right where all of a sudden here, here's this opportunity to engage in this way in a way that's meaningful that matters that um seems to be something the church ought to be doing and, and it just kind of fell in our lap i'm not trying to be vague just don't want to i'm sure you're gonna no. get more into this but no i mean go for it say whatever you want to say well i like to think like as we started our warming center you know we're i think we're six years in you know to doing that and it wasn't something we were looking to do mm-hmm. when it, like we didn't look at the community and say, Oh, we need this thing. Um, you know, there was kind of a group of people in the community um, connected to various churches, but not necessarily led by the church. Uh, just a group of people that are like, you know, what, what are the churches doing for the homeless? And so this opportunity kind of came up and we were just in a position to say, you know what, we can probably help lean into this issue. And it, it blew up far bigger than we were thinking that it ever would, mm-hmm. um, even in offering to help, you know, with the issue. But it was just an opportunity that came up that just seemed like a, a God-honoring thing to do at the time. For sure. So you've been doing it how long, the war- the warming center? I think it's been six years. So it was the winter of sixteen seventeen. Okay. Snowpocalypse winter, you know, that we had. That was when we started. How did it present itself? Tell us. Um, How'd you find yourself in this? Yeah, there, so the short, tried to keep the story short, but there was a group of people that one day decided to go out after church, just various people from, you know, from different churches, 
decided they wanted to go out to a couple of known homeless camps and take supplies, you know, dog food and canned food and hand warmers and coats and things like that. And so, like, they trekked, you know, back into the snow, like, hiked into these places where there was homeless camps. Mm-hmm. Camp COVID. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and they, <laughs> I don't think it was called that at the time because this was before COVID. That's a sign on one of the homeless camps yeah. down there. Yeah. Um, but they all came back from this experience, and they got on Facebook on one of the community pages and started talking about their experience yeah. of, you know, here's what we saw out there. And, and then um, just hundreds of comments on this thread about the experience and, and I wasn't part of that group that went out there. I just happened to jump on Facebook to see this conversation unfold. Mm-hmm. And somebody made a comment about, well, what are the churches doing for the homeless people? Mm. And this was in January. There's the, right? the magic question right there. Middle of yeah. winter. You know, like we should be talking about this in July, you know, not January. Right. And so it came up and there was, you know, kind of the comments you would expect, kind of positive and negative comments about just churches in general. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I kind of felt compelled to jump into the conversation and say, look, we've got a building that's pretty centrally located in Lapine and, you know, older congregations. So I don't know how much kind of manpower we would have, but, you know, gosh, we could open up our building to let people come in and sleep if there's a real need for it. And it just blew up um, from there. So it was really a, a, a the result of a natural circumstance yeah. occurring right. that turned into something that, that you guys didn't foresee or foreplan yeah. or, okay. Yeah. Which I think is kind of what we're, we're what we're, talking about when it comes to what we choose to engage in is a lot of times I think churches will will look at what other churches have done (laughs) and go like okay these are the things that that churches do this is what it looks like you know what I mean and not even pay attention to the stuff that's that's right in front of us sometimes yeah and I I think this is where we miss the boat half the time on a on effective outreach is that we're not even paying attention to what's on our doorstep right right? well I was thinking the other thing I've seen and I'm going to be stepping on toes perhaps, but Ooh. that's all right. Um, Never we'll, done that before. So we, we do the trunk or treat <laughs> event, but um, a lot of churches for years have done things like harvest parties, yep. uh, which again, the idea is to, to engage the culture with something, but who's going to come to a harvest party that's not a Christian? It's a very odd, you know, we, to avoid the, you know, the appearance of evil or whatever, you don't want to do anything like Halloween, so you do I'm something. I'm a Christian that would not go to a harvest party. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, you know, I mean, we know of a church that they put on a better event than we do, one could argue, but because it was geared towards Christians and not to non-Christians, it wasn't attended. And, right. and so at some point, you know. It what was attended we, by people in their church. Yeah, correct. But yeah. It, but again, you're not you're not being even slightly relevant to the culture or meeting a need in the culture, so they're not going to engage. Right. Um, and so, you know, and some would probably argue that we compromise by doing what we do, but, right. um, but it, it's got to matter at some point or it's not. Let's talk about that one for a second. Okay. I know we're going to go kind of right field and we'll bring this all back around, but this is, I mean, part of what we're discussing right now is cultural engagement and what, what should be off limits and what's on limits for the church. So let's talk about Halloween. Yeah. That's been a big one for a long time. Yeah, It's part of our American culture. We know that it goes back beyond America, but it's part of, you know, our culture. So I just grew up, you know, suburban suburban Los Angeles with just, you know, miles and miles and miles of subdivisions, sidewalks, street lamps. It was like the perfect place to go door to door and get as much candy as you possibly could without thinking Satan was involved in any way. (laughs) But I know that when it comes to Christians talking about participating on that night, that this gets pretty crazy. Sure. So what would you guys, where do you fall on that? How should Christians be looking at a day like Halloween and even participating in or, or trying to be somewhat effective as a church during Halloween. My mind immediately goes to Romans 14. Okay. Where, you know, talks about, you know, one person esteems a day as holy, another person esteems a day as just another day. And kind of the conclusion is like, you know, to each their own, like whatever you do with a day, like do it in honor to God. Um, 
you know, I don't, I don't think that, you know, we have to hunker down in our houses on a day like Halloween because the day is evil. You know, have people celebrated evil on that day and done evil things? Sure. Are we celebrating evil and doing evil things? No, <laughs> not at all. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the key. I, th- I, 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 you could do this with every holiday, by the way, you, you could, do it. Right. and people do, they'll do it with Christmas. Yep. They'll do it with, uh, with Easter. They'll say, these right. are pagan holidays. We have no business as Christians taking part in these things. Well, are you, are you taking part in the pagan activities? I right. mean, is that, if that's what you're doing, then yeah, you should fully stop doing that. But I don't think that's what we're doing on Halloween. Right. Um, and if we, I, I can't think of a time. Or ever. you know that's not what you're doing on Halloween. I, I mean, even, I guess even growing up, even as a non-Christian, yeah. there was never a point where I just thought, this is like I'm engaged in, in satanic evil exactly. activity. Right. It never, it, we were going and getting candy from exactly. people. We were dressing up. We were having fun. And and, and I think sometimes as Christians, it, you know, we're just looking to kill anything that's good. Again, yeah. if you're participating in something that's clearly evil. Right. Stop it. Stop it. (laughs) It's even Christians still putting the blame on the behavior rather than the heart. Like if your heart, you know what I mean? Our heart towards something is everything. I mean, if we read our Bibles, that's just what it is. And I was the same way, you know, growing up. um, I mean, that was the best time of year. I still love Halloween, honestly. Um, But I never went door to door, you know doing like demonic incantations at each door. You know, I went door to door to get the candy that each door was handing out. Right. You know what I mean? They, were, they had nothing to do with Satan. And a lot of times we can sit back and be like, this is Satan's light night. You know what I mean? And it's like, no, nah, this actually, I'm pretty sure God owns it all. You know what I mean? And this one's his too. So I, I do believe that it's an individual thing, like you talked about with Romans 14, but the church should take a look at, at maybe the opportunities that it has sure. because it's, it doesn't belong to Satan. Well, and again, yeah, we've had some people in the past that have just put it's been a hard boycott situation. Yep. They're not coming. They're not participating. And that's okay. You have to, you know, each person has to be convinced in sure. their mind, you know, their, their conscience. Don't, you know, don't violate what you believe. But we've also seen the good that it's done in our community. And, and uh, even at the, I mentioned this on Sunday, but at the last barbecue, there was a family that told us that this is how they came to the church yeah. is through the trunk or treat event, mm-hmm. which is our goal. We're trying to do something very generous, um, no strings attached kind of an event. It's not like one of those things where you come and we're going to ambush them in, in some weird way. We're just hoping to, to develop relationships, get people used to this, you know, us as a church and our building and all that, so that at some point they may come in and hear the gospel that yep. will affect their lives for eternity. So and let me ask. Point. So let me ask you why. So like this is something that's what like a six-year, seven-year tradition now at the door. Um, it's one of those outreaches that we we put our time and money and people into. Why did we choose this one? Like, like, why is this something we do in 3R in this area? I mean, there was a need for it, and and there's a um, – because this is one of those spread-out communities where, you know, to, to, to be able to There are no sidewalks and streetlights right. and – yeah. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a very simple thing for us to put on. Yeah. And, and it, you get a lot of bang for your buck is, I guess, yeah. what I would think. You, you know, yeah. you just – you know, when you have 500 people coming through your parking lot, um, that's a pretty big deal. That's hard to do yeah. um, to get a church to, you know – to get that many people coming through and, and, and just thinking, wow, these guys are generous. These guys are loving. They're kind. It does something different than what churches often, you know, put out there, I guess. Yeah, and, right. So in this case, this wasn't necessarily like an opportunity that presented itself, but something where you guys looked and saw a need. It was simply says, like, here's, yeah. here's, here's a gap, a need that we can meet and here's how we can do it. There you go. Yeah. It was simply an observation, which I guess is my point. That's really the thing that I want to drive at today with just these two ministries as an example in each location, which by the way, we don't do the trunk or treat in Lapine because it doesn't make any sense. There's actually a, another trunk or treat gig 
right around the corner down there that's done very well. So it's not it's not yeah. a gap. So we uh, it's not like it's a cookie cutter thing where you find the formula of a successful ministry. And I think this is the challenge with the church. A lot of times we look at things like that. We see what another church right. did at some place at some time, and went that was rad, that was successful. I'm going to duplicate that here, and that's not necessarily how effective or quote-unquote successful outreach happens. And I think that's the point, is need is the difference. And every church can do this no matter where it's located, you know, on the globe, is just simply look around the community you're in, the neighborhood you're in, and go, where's the gap? Where's the opening? Where's the hole? And is this something that makes sense for the church to provide or fill. Well, I would say that we staggered our event with the one that goes on in the village because there is another event right there, but we staggered the time to where um, basically they come right over from yeah, that event to ours. competing events. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and last, what we noticed that in the years, I think last year and the year before, well, we didn't do it the year before, I guess, but um, yeah, when they weren't doing their event, a lot of people just went into Bend because there wasn't, with two events going on, it keeps a lot of people in this community and it actually works better. So we're not competing with them, I guess. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And then, um, so we don't have a trunk of treat down in our Lapine location. We also don't have a warming center up here in our 3R location. Those are two completely different ministries or outreaches um, that that we don't carry across the board. And again, one of you want to reiterate real quick, why? why? Why is it like that? The needs are different in the different places. You know, we, we don't necessarily see a need um, in the Three Rivers community for a warming shelter. I'm sure if we thought that there was a need, I'm sure we would do what we could to meet that need. Now, we actually started down that road a little bit at one point when they did the um, the count thing that they did. We opened yeah. the building up to try to find out how many, and we had nobody come, not one person. There just isn't the same need here than there, yeah. that there is in Lapine. So yeah. if, if that showed up, you know, we would certainly consider that, but... Yeah. But, but we do a food distribution at both locations because we do. you know there's a need in, yep. in both you know both communities to have food distribution for sure so. which is another excellent opportunity for cultural engagement with the free food market because you're again you're doing something very practical very loving for people and they walk out you know they drive out of this parking lot hopefully yeah. thinking you know hey Christians are awesome or right. the Lord you know something I mean different than maybe what often it gets projected sure, from for the sure. church so I even think about, um, you know, the recovery meetings that we have, um, you know, we have pretty much nightly some sort of recovery meeting at the Lapine location. They're not our meetings. Um, you know, we just give space to those groups to have those meetings. Uh, but then we have a recovery meeting weekly uh, here at the Three Rivers location yeah. that, that is our meeting that we oversee and, uh, and run, and they're, and they're very different. And again, it just goes back to, you know, the needs um, yep. in the community and how we can you know, do our part to meet the needs. It's amazing how, how many options you find to, to be evangelistic. Right. And, and to just be outward when you, when you just look at the natural needs rather than what this church is doing or that sure. church is doing. It's, it's pretty amazing just to be a missiologist, which is, you know, just to study the area you're in and your church is in. It's, it's amazing what you come up with. I know that, um, Peyton used to send people down, set people down when he would go to church plant and he'd take his core team and they would get basically the, the daily newspaper from that day, um, whatever the publication was. And he would put one down in front of each of those people and then give them a Sharpie and tell them to go through and circle the things that they had a passion for and then the things that they saw as um, something that was lacking in the community and the people would go through and they would just immediately easily identify um, a ton of things that the church was able to mm-hmm. to do if they 
if they had the resources and willingness to do it, you know, so it's not, it's not hard. It's not rocket science for sure. us to, to be effective in our communities. And I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, like if the scenario ever came up where your something ever happened to your church and it no longer existed, like would the community care? Like, would it know? And the church isn't here, you know, to, to um, just be liked by the community, but uh, it ought to be making an impact on the community. That Absolutely. It's in, if it's, you know, a Christ driven church. Anyway. I, I think that's, one of the cool things about living in such a small community in both locations, yeah. if you were it's just the to, bad thing and the good thing, <laughs> it is. But if you were to pull, if you were to pull people, I think most people would would recognize a generous, yes, you know, yeah. um, outward church yes. in, in both locations. And even the way that we allow people to use our building, yes. uh, there, there's more stuff going on in our building here that is non-church related. The building's used more by the community during the week than it is the yeah. church members, and yeah. that just says yeah. something to people. You know, yes. it, it blows people away that we're willing to do yeah. that. At no cost, um, yep. and again, if it's you know if it's a nonprofit or a, a community um, outreach kind of thing, we generally just let people use the building. So let me ask you yes. this: I'm glad you brought this up. Why, why do more churches not do that with their building? Why do they not use it as a tool for the community or for people even outside the church? Because of because it seems like such a great of idea. Cultural retreat that we've already talked okay. about. Um, you know, I, th- I think for a lot of people, their their perception of the church is that it's centered around a building. Yeah. Um, and churches often, you know, put put a lot of that's their, our identity, their, their time and their resources <laughs> into a building, which, yeah. which I'm you know not not knocking that and saying it. Sure. But but then they become protective of it. Yeah. Sure. Because um, glitter ends up in the stinking sanctuary. Because glitter <laughs> ends why. up in the chairs and in yeah. Brent's hair and yes. Brent's clothes. That's why yeah. they don't do it. So we shut everything down. Because that's a good glitter. reason, actually. Unless you're Bethel, I mean, then it's then yeah, when they, that's you know, fair glitter. There. More, you can't have enough glitter. Yeah, they're well. cleaning people who just gotta hate their job. But we are not Bethel. Yeah, and we don't like that. glitter. Again, whether it's again from the Holy the Spirit or from yeah. a play. No, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, there is the inconvenience that that takes place. I mean, there's yeah. when, when people are just in it's and out messy. of your building. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's literally and figuratively. Things get messed up. You know, I there's little things that I have to calm myself down about, but you'll come in and something's not the way it's supposed to be or something yeah. got left, you know, and it, it, then you stop and remember, why are we doing this? What's the, yeah. you know, what's the point? What's the internal, you know, eternal impact of this thing? And then you recalibrate, yeah. but it is, it's, it's a pain sometimes. The worst one's yeah. when the chairs aren't symmetrical. Yeah, that's exactly. I lay awake at night with an unsymmetrical sanctuary. So it's easier. <laughs> it's just easier. It's less of a headache. It's less work for us to to not let people use the building. Absolutely. Sure. But not at all more effective or opportunistic. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Almost, almost. Well, we've had, time, so. with our warming shelter, we've had, you know, you know, people vomit in the building and, and, and worse. I mean, just like those things happen and they're a huge inconvenience. Um, but looking at the bigger picture, it's like, you know, who, who, who does Jesus love? Jesus loves the messy, inconvenient people so, yeah. and, and they, they need Christ as much as you know the people who are cleaned up and look good and, and don't vomit on that's your right floor. so let's move to this one we talked a little bit about maybe some of the, the controversy for Halloween's like gone on for centuries in the church you know um, some people are just gonna hate it no matter what a lot of Christians aren't gonna see eye to eye what might be the controversy with the other outreach in Lapine with the warming center what might be some of the challenge or, or maybe some of the kickback from the church or people within the church toward a ministry like that. The kind of people that it brings in. Yeah. I mean, that, that's it's a rough that's crowd. The kickback. It's, yeah, it's hard. It's a rough crowd. There's also sure. the, the question yeah. of, uh, are we enabling yep. bad yep. behavior? So there's the um, social political. Yeah. And there are times when it. the truth is 
uh, you can't you can't get away from the fact that you are. Yes. Uh, now again, with the warming center, we're not we're not giving them a place just to live. You know, all through the week and and all you know, 24 hours a day, we're keeping people from freezing to death at night yep, is, is right. really the hope and, and giving them a meal. But, but there are times when you're enabling them to continue in a bad lifestyle that they've chosen and, and continuing to do things that, you know, yep. aren't profitable. But there are also times when you're actually seeing somebody's life get transformed. Yes. And, and, you know, how do you, you know, it's just part of the deal, I guess you have yeah. to, you have to accept that both are going to happen. Yeah. I think that's where I've come to in my life. And I think maybe you guys have too. where, you you can have you can have these options. You can identify these opportunities uh, for outreach and for ministry. But then when you start weighing, um, like like the issues or what might be bad, um, I think I think the church is good at doing that. And then f- finding a reason not to you know walk in that ministry. Sure. Um, and I think I finally got to the point with something like this with my own brain. Something God did with me where it, where where it's like. It, it would always be easier to not do it. And the truth is I can always find a reason, even right. a valid, yeah. a good sounding reason to not do something, but I'm kind of sick of not doing things. I, I think God appreciates it when we, we walk in the things that he's commanded us to walk in and leave the results, um, leave the parsing of whether you're enabling or whether you're, leave the results up to him. You know what I yeah. mean? You can literally yeah. reason out how you're enabling yes. bad behavior with everything we do that we yes. do. Um, whether it's free food market or what you know what we're teaching on Sunday, I mean, there, there's always a way that you can figure that out. Yes. Um, so it, you know, if you're going to err on one side or the other, err on the side of grace and love and, and compassion for people, because that's clearly the way Jesus was. And yep. um, so, yeah, it, to me, it's a no-brainer at this it point. It is a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there might be people listening that have no idea what we do. It may sound a little funny because we talk about it being kind of like a shelter, but it's not a shelter. Um, like we're not giving people like their own rooms that they live in. Um, like what, what is it? If one of you could explain what we're doing down there, what's it look like? Yeah. Basically we, during the winter months, we open up <coughs> our building to let people come in and sleep. Uh, when it's cold outside, people, um, they and don't pine gets cold. They don't necessarily have to be homeless. I mean, we're not checking IDs at the door to make right. sure that they're legit homeless, but like we have a couple of RV parks close by where sometimes people will come in the middle of the night because their RV just isn't keeping up with extreme cold temperatures. And so we let people sleep and we feed them a meal. Pretty pretty simple in that regard. Um, but as has been said, like it's a rough crowd and, and messy work and you know, oftentimes difficult people uh, to deal with. For sure. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the short. And then we give out coats and socks and blankets and you know things like that uh, as part of it uh, as well. So as a result of that, what have we chose to do with the facility with our quote our church building down there? It's not really like a traditional church building anymore, is it? No, it, it's prim- primarily a warming center. It really does reflect that ministry yeah. pretty much. And we felt that, you know, to do it well, it, that that was, that was necessary. And then yeah. how we got the buildings, a whole other story of how God has put his stamp on this thing. When do you want to explain yeah. that real quick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, came about through uh, the building became for sale. Uh, we were renting, we were leasing it, and the people wanted to sell it. We didn't have the money to buy it, and so we, we talked to Neighbor Impact, and they found money in a grant that, the, you know, as long as we use it for a, a warming center um, from December to March 15th every year for five years, uh, I think they lease it to us for a dollar a year, and then at the end of that five-year period, um, we get the building, and we get to continue to use it for a warming center. So yeah. it's it's we're doing exactly what the Lord's called us to do, and yeah. we're, we're going to continue to do it, and we get rewarded with the building at the yeah. end of it, which is pretty cool. And I think the only stipulation is that when we're open, yeah. um, you know, not not just somebody in the building doing some work or cleaning, but when we're open, any Bible study, any yeah, church service, uh, we any have to, anything, we have to allow the yes. homeless 
people. It's their building. Are, yeah, they get to come in. And, yep. and yep. again, that's... Which we would do that anyway. Yeah, yep. that's, we would do that here. So it's yeah. a win-win. Yeah. So, so, so the pre-story is that we were leasing that building and the owners had decided they were going to sell the building. They offered it to us. It was way out of, uh, above our pay grade. We weren't going to, so we just thought at that point, well, God's moving us on to something else and we're going to start looking somewhere else. And then it just so happened that, uh, the people that bought it were the people that, um, are very encouraged and supportive of the warming center and right. made us this deal. Yeah. So we just saw it wasn't anything yeah. we pushed into or, or, um, you know, try, tried to make happen. It's just, God just determined that this is something yeah. that this, this congregation, and it was just, uh, you know, validation again that yeah. we're doing what we should be doing. And the other church, cool so. part of the story too is that, that the owner, like they were pretty proud of the building mm. and pretty high price and, and they took a, a 20% reduction in their sales price as a donation, uh, basically a write-off uh, in order to make the deal happen. So it was just kind of this perfect storm of things that came together at the right time yeah. um, in order for it to happen. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a super cool thing. So what are, what might be some of the negative, what might be some of the challenges to the church uh, specifically with that that outreach down there, like how how does it affect what goes on inside the church? There's some weird <laughs> there's some weird stuff and weird, yeah. weird people. So so our already weird Sundays, like well, I guess early we, days. We could have a whole podcast just about the weird okay. stories. Well, actually, one day we we should. Okay. I, that should be like our anniversary um, like episode every year. Yeah, is like recalling the weird stories oh, from that go. year. I like. That. Uh, there's so there's so many that we've compiled over the years, the 11 years here, and then. You know, you've got some with your six years or whatever with the warming shelter and, you know, what happened down there. But yeah. there's no doubt that part of the challenge with taking on a ministry like this is that it's kind of changed the dynamics even w- within the congregation. Uh, so you are going to have you are going to have some bleed from the outreach to the inside right. <laughs> of the church. So yeah. w- what's what's some of what we've seen or I, I think there's. A fair amount of people, and this is probably true in, in any church anywhere. So I'm, I'm not. This is going to sound like I'm knocking people, and I'm not. But there's a fair amount of people that would be supportive of the idea of something like a warming center, and even you know give money to it and help it have resources. Just don't let me see it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's where I was going. And, and, and the second that like we had a cool thing this winter happen where um, you know our warming shelter guests would would come to church services, and I don't think it was always because they wanted to be there. It's just no, it was because warm. it wasn't it was outside. Yeah, it was, it was warm inside. Yeah, but they were there, and these are people that you know don't understand church etiquette by and large, if there is such a thing, like they don't know kind of what's expected of them. And, and we don't put those expectations on people, but they mm-hmm. just don't know, you know, how, how to act in that kind of a scenario. And so for the church crowd, um, that was really difficult. Um, and I think kind of rubbed up against some people for sure. um, who had a real struggle with kind of their space being invaded uh, in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Their comfort being challenged. Yeah, yeah. At, well, at and church, I would even yeah. say we've kind of even accepted the idea yeah. that, um, Maybe for nine months out of the year, we're going to, you know, grow and have some, you know, regular normal people show up. But but, uh, come December every year, we're going to run into the same thing where people are going to weigh the, you know, weigh the comfort and the safety and all those things and and may choose just to move on down the road. And we've already seen that happen. Um, It's uncomfortable. I mean, I was there one Sunday where I was, it was way out of my comfort zone. And you were were preaching, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was gnarly, yeah. um, and so it is. It the is day hard. The dude had the butterfly knife. Yeah, just flipping a butterfly knife around like it was a burping, you know? slamming doors. <laughs> I mean, it was it was it was odd. We've had and, yeah. outbursts, almost kind of demonic sounding outbursts at yeah. times, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it gets crazy. So we'll actually grow 
during the summer with church people, and then we'll be faithful to lose them all and right. undo that growth when we yeah. open the, the well. And, and again, you want what I was starting to say is that you won't probably attract families, no. uh, younger people kids, people with younger kids, because again, it doesn't. It's not. It's just so safety is another like actual physical safety is is another possible negative effect sure. that it could have. Is there there isn't really no peace of mind when a lot of these people are around. A lot of it isn't just you know that they're drug users or alcoholics or whatever. A lot of it we have seen firsthand now. It's mental illness. And right. uh, you can't predict uh, what someone's going to do when, when their brain is broken. I mean, there are, right? I, I, yeah. I don't think safety is a – it's the comfort probably, but a perceived safety. Because there are people there that if something started to go down, you know, we, we have the, the sheriff's offices close by. And we have For people sure, there that yeah. would step in and help. You know, there's, there's probably – it would probably get handled pretty quickly. Sure. Um, but, but it's that idea of comfort, which yeah. – whether we like to admit it or not, that's we put that pretty high up sure. on our priority list. Well, yeah. and even even building relationships with people that are not like us, that, like that's a hard thing for any anybody anywhere. There yeah. you go, right? Yeah. And and so that that's just part of the struggle. Is okay, like you know, it's our thought that, that God is bringing these people to us. It takes true right. investment. It takes work. It yeah, and, and, and it's you work hard, it. hard work to build relationships with you know people that are in this circumstance. Oftentimes, well, and sure. I think I even beyond that, I think when we talk about cultural engagement, that goes beyond that goes to every every realm of you know the, the people around us. Um, yeah, there, there's that idea that the non Christians are are gonna. I don't know. I don't know what we're afraid of sometimes. Right. But this idea that you know they're they're just these evil people that are going to bring evil into our lives, and we got to stay yeah. away from it at all costs. Right. I remember even when our, when our kids were little, that we put, we kind of put that out there a little bit, like right. they're, you know, these guys are all just. I don't know what we were doing exactly, but it, it was a mistake. Oh, I know yeah. what we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the risk of Christianity, right? This is why we become separatists, is yeah. because um, we don't want to be infected by that, what yeah. they have, you right. know. But at the same time, we can't. On any level, fulfill our mission and purpose in Christ. If we do that, so I remember when the kids were young and started going to Sunday school or even youth group, you'd see some of the you'd identify the dangerous kids coming right. in, right? Like these kids shouldn't be in here; they're going to infect my. And they would they would bring some other stuff in, and some other stuff would rub off, and and it's like, well, it'd be easier just to just to put a high fence around yeah. this ministry and only allow people that we think. Are, are safe. Yeah. But the misnomer of that is that, you know, but, but such were some of you and kind of still are. So, so we're, you know, we're infected as well. Yes. Um, now we're redeemed and, 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 you know, God is, is transforming us. But the truth is that we're not that much different. Nope. Right. Um, apart, apart from Christ, we're not different at all. Yep. So, yeah. So purposeful Christianity is, is risky, like no matter what, yeah, whether we're absolutely. talking spiritually, whether we're talking, um, you know, comfort-wise or lifestyle-wise or, or even physically. We even told the, uh, people the other night we had our, our, our first meeting of the year with the volunteers and the staff, had some pizza, talked a little bit about the upcoming year and just told, you know, made sure the new people knew, like, if, like if, if, um, if, if you're at all thinking that you don't want to be in danger or uh, you don't want to be in a risky ministry. Like this ain't the one for you. Like yeah. something may happen, <laughs> something bad might go wrong. Like you, you might get hurt. You might like someone else might get hurt. Like who? Like you know, it's not for the faint of heart. And uh, we just kind of have to let people know that, right? Yeah, I think right of a couple couple of guys last year that you know one guy started off the season just these might not be his words, but kind of this vibe of like, like I hate the homeless. They're a bunch of lazy bums and just need to get a job, <laughs> you know, kind of an attitude. And then like by, and, and, and he's a guy that intentionally uh, engaged yep. you know, through the season, kind of against his better judgment yep. really. 
And by the end of the season, he's like, I love these people. Yep. <laughs> like I've got to know them and realize like these are real people with real stories and real difficulties in their life that got them where they are. Um, and just had a totally, uh, you know, total shift in his perspective, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. God has um, done a work in him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and another guy who, you know, had a rough night one night with an incident uh, with someone that involved mental illness and came away from that saying like, this was top five worst nights of my life. I'm never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> and then couldn't stay away. A couple of days later, he came back. That's right. Right. And, and rare to go this year. And yeah. you know, like, that's cool when we take the time to, you know, kind of go against the grain of our flesh, right. And engage in ways that God calls us to engage. Um, you know, God meets us in that. Well, and not some weird superficial way, but it makes you feel alive too. Yeah, like yeah. there's a lot of ministries that are safe. We'll usually settle for those. But when you, this, this, this thing's, this is in the trenches, you know, gospel work. Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't get any, you know, down and more down and dirty than this. And, and there's something that it brings something alive in the Christian. I think when they experience it, even if it's not a great experience, there's something that's like, okay, this, this is different, you know, and it's mostly what God's doing in us and showing us, um, as we engage in on that level. So, I mean, it resembles what Jesus did much more than most of what the church does. If If you just look at what is going on there, it's, it looks a lot like what you read in the gospels. Yeah. And, and when you, when you just show love, to somebody that is the most, you know, unlovable in our society, the impact that that has on them. I mean, it, it really does. Yeah, it matters. It matters a lot, and it's cool to see when when we do see the wins and the transformations because we don't always see that. You know, uh, Sunday ministries and things like that in the church. Right. You don't always get to see something that clear take place. Right. And so it's rewarding as well. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So warming center is uh, not without its challenges inside the church. What about this other outreach that we have that's coming up up here, uh, the trunk or treat one, the Halloween? Does it have any? Neg- does it bring any negativity or create any negativity or challenge within the church? Yeah, I haven't seen anything, and I think we we kind yeah, of yeah. I'm going to say no to. We agreed. <laughs> we did agree when we started this that, yes. that if we start if if at any point this became something that we were you know felt like the Lord wouldn't have us do or that we were compromising or whatever, we would shut it down in, a, in an instant. Yep. Because we, you know, we were trying something that we'd never tried before, and we've been very open and sensitive to what, you know, is God in this or not? So we're trying to look at the fruit that comes from it, and so far we have not seen anything right. uh, negative. We haven't gotten it, any know. Klingons or anything in the building. No. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> I have no upside-down crosses. No. Okay. Um, and I think it's always good in, in these things and all the things that we've talked about that, you know, like part of our role as pastors, I think, is to kind of push people out of their comfort zones yeah. with some of these kinds of things and uh, lead people in directions that they don't always want to go, mm-hmm. um, you know, for their good and God's glory, as we talked about earlier. And, um, you know, reaching out to your community is, is a difficult thing at times and leaning into things can can be difficult. And so, you know, we have the, the privilege of leading people in those directions and um, you know, just pushing them to things that they might not do on their own. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go to, this has been sprinkled in there already by both of you guys throughout the whole thing, some of the positives. What are what are some of the positive ways that uh, Let's Go Warming Shelter um, impacts what we see going on inside the church down there? And I mean, you, are, you already just mentioned one with Mike. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. mentioned his name. Yeah. Um, I mean, it shows the community that we care. We've talked about that, that, you know, like it helps. Not that our main goal is to build a positive reputation in the community, but it does help us in, mm-hmm. in that regard uh, to be known in the community, um, mm-hmm. you know, for something that is Christ-like. 
Um, again, helps push people out of their comfort zones in, in ways that they need to be pushed out of their comfort zones. Um, you know, we've seen even in the messiness of, you know, our warming center guests that like, you know, we've seen God move in their lives. I just shared a story the other night about a, a guy who, when he first came to us, was, was hostile to God. <laughs> Um, and yep. not long ago stood up in a church service and asked for prayer, you know, for a medical procedure. Like that's a bit of, was a that win. before or after he trimmed his beard? <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> that was after he trimmed his beard in the middle of church. <laughs> um, but, but that's a win. Like the, the guy's not as hostile to God as he used to be. I, I don't know if he's come to faith and, yeah. and I don't know if he will kind of under our watch. So but something speak. different's going on. But with something has happened yeah. there, right? Like that, that's a win. Well, yeah. that's the part that you don't, I, I think people have a perception of what Christians are, what churches are today. And a lot of it's negative and a lot of it's deserved yeah. if we're being honest. Sure. And so when we can do something that is uh, no strings attached, you know, better to give than receive, just loving people. It, it's it's pretty cool. And yep. and for the church to be able, that's the other, to me, the big positive is when the church comes together uh, with a common purpose. Yes. Um, right. You know, it has a has a mission, you know, a, a, a tangible hands-on mission that, that yep. is, is really, um, I don't know, pretty obvious with the, the impact that it's having. Sure. It's yeah. really cool. And both of these do that. So, so there's a rallying going yeah. on, definitely, that we've seen down in Lapine. Um, and I think maybe that's the big, the biggest plus that I've witnessed as a result of having that ministry um, inside of the church, like the biggest positive or additive is we have lost people. Um, that church was bigger <laughs> before, <laughs> before we were kind of doing all this. And, um, and uh, I think as, as people started coming in from that outreach to the church, we saw a lot of people leave that just can't handle it. A lot of people visit and don't come back, you know, because of the flavor of it. But I think what, what we do have there, what it has been whittled down to, the li- like what's going on in the lives of the people that have stayed and remained has been the coolest part. There's been yeah. a tightening up, a refining, kind of like a serious Christianity that's emerging w- within the core of, of the church that exists down there. Um, and I think that's been the neatest thing, is there's a different caliber of, of community and tightness as a result of this outpouring yeah. that's going on um, as, a, as a congregation. So. Kind of a group of people that have now linked together and have leaned into a cause, yeah. and, and, and God has done something in that in their lives. Exactly. And, and at the same time has done something in the lives of the people that we're trying to help as well. Yeah. It's kind of a neat Funny thing. how it works. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's go uh, trunk or treat up here. Positives. What are the things that it adds or benefit? What ways does it benefit the church? And we've talked about some of it, but. Yeah. Because we wouldn't be doing it if it doesn't, so. Oh, I was going to say, it's, it's kind of similar to what we said about, the, you know, down there, you know, coming together um, to do something for the community, you know, where we band together and kind of um, get into the trenches together is always good. And then just the obvious impact that it has. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I often stand because I don't like to dress up. I just put an orange vest on and stand at the, the front there <laughs> and, and, and welcome people. And, and get you a segue one of these years, too. I've, but, but over and over and over again, I'll, the I'll people. I'll that effort. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have segue, I probably die. Can, can, you, can you wear Crocs on a Segway? I know. Uh, so anyway, but but the comments that are made, yep. um, one after the other, about I can't believe this is free. Yes. I can't believe you guys are just doing this with you know, um, it, it blows people away. Yeah. And again, w- the statement that it makes when Christians are generous yep. uh, is it shouldn't be that surprising yeah. and it shouldn't make that much of an yep. impact, but it does. Yeah. So it's a way that, that the community is informed on what kind of people we are, what kind of church that we are. Because yeah. like you said earlier, like the reputation that churches have is that we're snotty, we're snooty. We don't do anything that anyone else does. We don't do anything to help people. We're all about ourselves, which we've earned that. We've earned all that. They get to see all of that challenged 
and kind of reversed by something so simple and, yeah. well, and, and we stupid. let them we let them come into the building <laughs> yes. use everything that's here i yes. mean it, it's trash by the end of that time yes um and, but again free food it, we buy yeah. all the food and just feed everybody for free there's 400 people that come through we just feed them all yeah. yep yeah so it's so it's it's just an act of of just pure generosity that the best part leads to interaction with people in our community um, yep. conversation relationship leads to some of them knowing exactly where they're going to go on the day that they need it. Or some of them have even trickled in as a result. Well, and that's and part of the reason that we do all these other not, things with it. the building. You know, we have the, the community, the theater group that comes in, the parks and rec group that comes in, yeah. you know, all of these families hopefully are just realizing, wow, they're, this is a church that is just, they care, they care and yeah. they're, they're part of this community and they're generous. And, yep. and, and again, the, the goal isn't just that they pat us on the back and say, what a great church. It's, yes. it's so that people will come to meet Jesus right, right. In, in a salvific way. Exactly. A germane and yeah. salvific way. Germane to salvation. Another benefit too is like, it's, you know, we're, we're helping people in our church think beyond the four walls and outside yes. of themselves. And, um, you know, just by, helping foster these events like it's a way that we can lead people in in a direction like we can stand up on a sunday morning or, or talk on a podcast about you know being you know reaching out and reaching the least of these kinds of things but if we don't ever provide any opportunities yep. for those things to happen um you know it, it's all lip service and so so not only are we sitting here advocating for that but we're providing these opportunities f- to put it into practice so totally. people can see what it looks like people in our church can see what it looks like to to reach out you yeah. know, beyond our walls it's one it's one thing to 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 uh, proclaim our Bibles from the pulpit every week. It's another thing to actually demonstrate that which we're proclaiming. And, right. we, and, and I know that we all endeavor to, we, we try to do that. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like it, it, it's meaningful. Um, we heard about it. Now let's go, now let's go do it is kind of what it is. Right. So yeah. final parting words to anyone listening that might be considering what kind of, you know, ministries they should get into uh, as a pastor or whatever word, word to the inward church. Let's put it that way. what, what would that be? What would you say? What did you just say? A word to the inward church. <laughs> inward, not and inward. word. I didn't say word to your mother. It sounded like an it... word. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Not outward, inward. But when you yeah. said inward, I'm like, what? So I am like saying, wait a, a minute. I am saying a, a word to the inward church yeah. <laughs> that has a problem. I'm glad we clarified with, with that. doing these yeah. things. I'm just okay. so my wife is right. She's like, "You mumble, dude. The older you get, you just stink and mumble." Uh, yeah, like I can't understand. No, that it. it totally should have made sense based on <laughs> yeah. what we were talking about. But I couldn't. No, I heard, I heard the same thing. Like, you heard. I don't even know how to answer right now. What was that, Napoleon Dynamite? <laughs> I was so ready I, to I, jump. I can't understand a word you just said. <laughs> I was ready to jump out of the elevator. It's like, oh, we're going there. I'm out. Translator. <laughs> you know, I, I saw something. Um, Joe Thorne had had written um, something about cultural engagement, and he said that he has a threefold approach to engaging culture: reject what is evil, receive what is good, and redeem what is broken or lost. Hmm, I, like and that. I, I thought that was a really helpful way to think about mm-hmm. it because we we tend to just ru- push everything off as this is all evil. Well, wait a second, there might be some good in here that's something we can we can receive, and maybe even something we can redeem. Yep, right. And, and I think if we if we kind of think about it, if something is outright evil, and we know there's nothing. We as Christians need to stay clear of that. We need to be, you know, just lock it down, be done with it. But there's a lot of good that's still out there in the world that that we can receive and that we can relate to people. You know, when we're trying to influence and interact with people, there are some things that we can find common ground on. And then again, the goal is always to try to restore it, redeem it uh, to, to, to something that is, you know, take what's broken and make it. Yeah. 
you know, make it better. That's so. very Christian. That, that's, yeah. That's a good final word. I don't have anything to add to that. Yeah. I You're not going to add to that, Chad? No. You're just going to let them have it just like that? That was good. Dang. Yeah. Thank you, Joe Thorne and Brent. Yeah. <laughs> mostly, <laughs> mostly him. Yeah. <laughs> I would say it's like uh, that uh, thing from The Office where Michael yeah. Scott quotes Wayne Gretzky. Like, you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Yeah. And this was Joe Thorne. Brent Maxwell. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> it was nothing, really. <laughs> All right, when do you praise out? <laughs> Chad, praise <laughs> out. All right. God, thanks for today and uh, our conversation. Just pray that it would be helpful to people, helpful to the church, helpful to Christians. Uh, and just pray that uh, not only our church, but uh, churches everywhere um, would uh, see what it means to be uh, outward-faced, outward-focused, uh, that you would help us, even just to, to redeem the broken relationship of, of the church that it has earned over time of uh, being inward. Uh, you would help us uh, in our endeavor uh, to look like Christ and to do the things that Christ would do, uh, all in an effort um, to shine the light of the gospel where it needs to be. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org.